This is the EWN Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Epic Living with Gene, where we believe that creating an epic life involves maintaining a healthy body, and that starts with healthy eating. I am proud to be partners with Epicure, a brand that is revolutionizing how busy families put meals on the table. Together, we're on a mission to transform your approach to mealtime. We offer clean, healthy products, menu planning options, and recipe inspiration that is not only delicious, but also adjustable to fit any dietary program. It's a game changer for busy households, making meals accessible and economical and ready in 20 minutes or less. Because here's the deal, living epic means working towards a healthier you and what you put in your body matters. Join me in this culinary adventure where every meal becomes a step towards a healthier, more epic you. Go to epiclivingwithgene.com for more information. We all have lives filled with stories. The stories make us who we are, and they are all important. Welcome to Epic Stories. I'm your host, Jean Tillery, and I want to talk stories with you. First of all, let me apologize for the crummy voice. I have been battling something and just can't manage to get past the crud in my throat and my sinuses. This episode is one that I like to call an epic rewind. There's a lot going on behind the scenes as we gear up for my new book release and the new dream program. So I am pulling out my favorite episodes from the old podcast to get them stored on our new platform. And if you know anything about me, you know that I love a dreamer. And I especially love a dreamer who is out to do good. In this interview, I am talking to Michael Frost, who at the time was the drummer for the band Chance and the Takers. Being a full-time musician, the COVID shutdown was catastrophic to him, as well as other full-time musicians, road crews, and music venues. I talked to Mike just after he finished a two-day, 176-mile bike ride from Miami to Key West to bring attention and donations to the Red Dirt Relief Fund. At the time of the interview, the organization had provided more than $450,000 in aid to people in the Oklahoma music business since its reception inception in 2012. The recipient situations range from a loss of property due to fires and tornadoes to a loss of work after accidents or medical emergencies. And of course, most notably, the COVID pandemic. Again, at the time of the interview, the Red Dirt Relief Fund had given 900 grants, totaling over $272,000 to out-of-work music industry professionals. Michael and I talked about the bike ride about the pandemic, and the unique situation of being a musician during it. Chance Anderson, the band's namesake and lead singer, joined in with us, and he got to answer a couple questions, too. I love this interview because it was done during Mile Zero Fest Music Festival in Key West, and we sat in a park and talked while the whole world just went on around us. It was a really great place to be during the early stages of the country opening back up. So then we have to start with the most important question. Okay. Which is, how was the ride? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, it was wild as hell. Yeah, like 
I've only been to Florida uh, twice. I mean, this is my second time really being to Florida at all, you know. And so that's I'm, a big jump to take your second yeah, time. It is. It is. Yeah, I'm a uh, Oklahoma boy, you know, born and raised, and so I and I really haven't done that much traveling. And um, so for me to like jump into this environment and do it just like on a bike, you know, instead of driving or flying or and just uh, it was it was such a way to just be kind of immersed into it and totally thrown into it. You know? So I know quite a few people who are bikers. Yeah. Several who are pretty extreme. Bikers um, or cyclists? Cyclists. Uh, or either way. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I only know. make the distinction here because there's so many damn bikers, <laughs> bikers in Florida, here, yeah, man. Well, yeah, it's like. Um, but most of what they ride are designated trails. We have a oh, big sure. trail from like Richmond, yeah. Virginia Beach, and it's 40. Oh, nice. Plus miles. And that sounds go awesome. Back and forth. Yeah. But this is, you're on the road. And yeah. going through Miami. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. With cars. Oh, yeah. And, you know, was it, yep. were you ever worried? Was oh, it- hell yeah, absolutely. And I've never really biked in a, a bigger city before. So um, I was really kind of having to get quick about learning to navigate, you know, just the kind of aggressive. Because, man, living on Tulsa time and shit, man, you know, people are just like chilling, texting, smoking weed, not really trying 10 miles under the whole time, even though it's a city, you know, it's really chill and it's really easy to live there. But the, the pacing in Miami is just, you know, it's they're a all driving really fast cars. Yeah, everybody's and, you know, got to get there. Up. And it's hot down here. So I think people are just naturally more pissed off, you know, and so... Yeah, had to, that was definitely a thing to adjust to was just the aggressive drivers yeah. for sure. But now I feel like I can hang handle with that anything. Shit. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. what about hydration? That was my other thing. I'm like, how yeah. long is he going to be on the bike that long and stay hydrated? Yeah, I just kind of had to force myself because it is a, with drinking water. It's something I gotta you know consciously make do. myself do for sure. So I had to make a lot of pit stops and make sure I was chugging up. And, now, did you have somebody following yeah. with you? Or? No, nobody following along with. Um, our manager was really good, though, about... <laughs> so nobody following with, but... Where's man. Mike? I don't know. He was supposed to yeah. be there 10 minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I was kind of going through it in that regard, but um, uh, Nathan came out and uh, met me on... Nathan's our manager. Yeah. And he came out and met me on Marathon Island. Which was really cool. So he met me for lunch, you know, and it's kind of morale support. And I, I appreciated it because, man, to be honest with you, the most kind of wild, dangerous part was actually riding through Marathon of all of it. Yeah. Like Miami City, I did just fine once I kind of learned that, you know, I got to be aggressive and make the right call and make the right move and, uh, you know, just be aware, very aware of my surroundings. I was fine. But in Marathon, other people weren't that aware of their surroundings. By that time, everybody tourists. was on vacation and they exactly. weren't paying any attention. And it was the launch rush and everybody was going really fast. So I actually almost got hit by a car. Um, I was going about 20 miles an hour down this path and this truck just turned right into the path. And I mean, I had to, my tires skidded sideways and I like just missed his truck, you know. And so I kind of let him have it, you know. The spirit <laughs> kind of just came out of me in that, in that instance, you know, but... Well, you were pretty yeah. close to home by that point, so I would right. imagine you're like, you I was ready to get it. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, so, is that something you're gonna do again? You think? Oh, I'd love to do it again. Um, Find another. Reason you know, if it's to... in the cards, if it can be a, another thing and another reason, you know, and if uh, we want to keep, I think it's been a good thing for Red Dirt Relief, and we want to keep this going. I, I tell you, I'd love to do it to where we could have. Uh, you know, multiple people joining me, you know, get other musicians who are interested in biking. Cause really like, I think with cycling, there's kind of this whole barrier to entry thing. Cause people see all these dudes with these, uh, you know, really nice bikes and they're all wrapped up in spandex and shit and they've got all their gear. And so you think, 
man, I got to spend like five grand before I can even do this shit. But for me, I mean, I started riding on like a bike that an eighth grader would ride to school. You know what I'm saying? And so it just kind of slowly built from there. I mean, the first time I rode 50 miles was on a, I don't know, $200 bike, you know? And um, with the pandemic, I just kind of, I had way more time to do it. So I kind of just started investing in it a little bit more. And then, you know, it built up to something like this. Cool. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was very impressed with the fact that you were going to put yourself out there so much to raise awareness for Red Dirt Relief Fund. Well, thank you so much. Um, well, really for any. Yeah. Because like, most people, like I said, it's a kind of a society that's really good about, I'll write a check, I'll, you know, I'll push, yeah, pay now. Sure, but sure. to really put time and yeah. that much effort. Yeah, sure. Um, so you talked about the pandemic, you were able to ride more. What else sure. prep did you have to do to get ready? Um, well, so had to get, I mean... I guess it just happened to work out that I would already been riding so much. Like when I, when we came up with this and kind of turned the vision into a reality, I'd already been riding about two or 300 miles a week in Tulsa. So I had the chops to do it. Things I had to prepare though were like, you know, I don't know how to pack and ship a bike. And um, I don't, you know, I don't the know details. the traffic laws in my, I don't know um, the do's and don'ts and just, kind of the vibe here you know so I had to kind of do some research in that regard about certain you know areas you want to avoid in Miami like you know for instance uh right across from Miami Beach like right across that bay is Edgewater you know you have a one in ten chance of being a victim to a violent crime in Edgewater so it's like that's well, I'm glad if you I literally that out turned I didn't right on one that. road I'd be right, right there, there you know and so and it, a bike's a harder getaway than a car it is a harder get exactly but to be honest i mean those statistics you read i mean i still re rode through some areas that would be you know considerably people would be like what the hell am i doing here maybe but honestly man like a lot of that stuff is you're gonna be fine yeah. straight up don't it's just a place like just any other place thing. and you know those people have what they got going on so yeah well yeah. and uh you were determined to get here and made it on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Great. That was uh, we did it. Yeah, pulled it off. Uh, had, had like an hour window to get here because I wanted to get the IV. They had um, IVs set up here, IV and the keys. They they hook it up here at Mile Zero Fest and, um, you know, people that are partying and stuff and on the cusp of dying because they were having such a good time the <laughs> night before, you know, they'll get jacked up on those IVs and be good to go. Yeah. So... And some of the stuff that I did read about you when I was looking into this, it talked yeah. about why you got started writing. Yeah. Which is really kind of where I wanted to go. Yeah. There's a lot of um, people who have a lot of say, issues. Yeah, sure. <laughs> after this pandemic. Absolutely. So talk yeah. a little bit about that. Yeah, so, man, I think just creatives in general and uh, artists, musicians, I mean, every area of it, I think just the way your brain works and kind of the way you have to process things and, and move along. I think it it kind of uh, it kind of causes you to have like just maybe not the best coping mechanisms, you know, because there's a there's a sensitivity to things and there's a lot of stuff you're dealing with. And um, like for instance, we talked about this the other day, like uh, playing a show in front of 1,500 or however many people. You know, say you just play a show and it's amazing energy and it's this huge thing and this this big feeling you have, and then you come home to a hotel room and you're just alone, you know, yeah. and, and you're on the road or whatever. And that kind of turbulence and just up and down with the energy, I mean, you got to deal with that somehow, yeah. you know. And so a lot of people don't really have, myself included, don't really have the best coping skills all the time for that. And so for me, this 
kind of really became a, a new legitimate like coping skill for life. I mean, I don't know when I, it sounds kind of cheesy, but like straight up when I'm riding that bike, like I just feel very kind of lucid and engaged in what's going on. And so whatever turmoil I'm feeling kind of just like slips away, you know? Well, and that is, that is true. I mean, you know, I have a lot of people that are associated in different areas in the music business and there's, mm-hmm. you know, your schedule. Yeah. Um, the, the atmosphere, you know, yeah. one of the things that Cliff said yesterday is mm-hmm. he had to learn that he was at the party, but yeah. he wasn't, or he was, he was, how did he word it? He was at the party, but he wasn't part of the party. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's, you know, alcohol, drugs. Right. Um, sex. Well, There's yeah, and you got to have that go shit together with. because it's like, it's such a social aspect to what we do. And so when, when people are watching you play, a lot of times if they're connecting with you and feeling it, they want to buy you shots, smoke you out, or give you whatever they got, you yeah. know? And it's like, if, if, uh, if 20 different people felt that way at the same <laughs> night, you know, you're going to be pretty fucking wrecked that night. Well, so, and it's yeah. interesting because that was the, what Cliff said. He said when he stopped yeah. drinking on stage, yeah, he said his tips actually went up. Yeah. And he said it was really surprising, but he said, because I think it's just because people want to show you their appreciation yeah, exactly. and you know they're buying you shots and if you know when right. once you took a step back from that um so it's an interesting perspective yeah but you know the red dirt relief fund um mm-hmm. really brings out another big i don't want to say problem but issue that musicians have is the yeah. fact that most of you don't have you know, yeah. 401k plans, right. you don't have insurance, right, 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 right. don't have those kind of things yeah. in general. I mean, I know there's some people out there who are really No, sure. Like Most of um, us are flying by the seat of our pants every so, day. Yeah. what a great way to raise money to really help people that are starting out. But as part Thank of a band, you, you know, I don't know that dynamic. So, Chance, yeah. you can jump in here. You know, I was just reading an article that Robert O'Keefe remortgaged his house mm-hmm. to be able to, to support his band. So as the leader, as a headliner, how does that, what kind of position does that put you in as far as your band and kind of helping them and supporting them? Yeah, so, um, you know, I guess the only thing I, I, I know how to answer that, you know, the only way I know how to answer that is like, I, uh, if I, and I read that article too about, about um, Robert O'Keefe, and like, that's the, such a great thing, you know, like, and I know other artists that have done a lot of the, the same kind of things in the past year and a half with the pandemic to take care of their band guys, whatever. You know, we started this band. I was I was with the Chance Anderson band for over a decade. And uh, <clears throat> I decided that it was time for me to make a change and like I need something fresh and like I need to get some guys around me that motivated me to like, keep me like pushing things forward because I felt like there was more things I needed to accomplish in my career and life and whatnot. So I started this new band, Chance and the Takers, you know, like we deleted Chance Anderson Band socials and like website and everything. We were starting over fresh. Ooh, so you really starting over fresh? Yeah, it felt great, you know. And then the pandemic hit, you know, like just a week, two weeks after our first show, Chance and Takers. And so I was kind of in the spot of like, now what? You know, I couldn't. There's just nothing I could do like that. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, I absolutely, uh, you know, my guys, in my band, whether it's been like a band effort or like. I've been a solo artist and like hiring guys, whatever. Like, to me, it's always been about like taking care of the guys around me because I know they're investing so much in like in what I'm doing, you know. Um, you know, like 
I've always felt like guys come and play for me because they believe in what I'm doing and like right. I try and take care of them in the same aspect. So I've never tried to uh I've never like I've never been okay with just like giving you a paycheck and yeah. then sending yeah. you on your way. Yeah. yeah. So with when the the pandemic hit, you know, there was we weren't playing any shows, there was no way for right. me to like really take care of anybody and like there was no security that I could provide for anybody and like, but they were still committed to me and investing it was a really it was yeah. a tough like thing to deal with because uh you know had i had i've had a house to you know refinance or whatever you know sure. i, I would have well, done whatever i could you know right. um yeah and i i like i have all the love in the world for those guys that were able to like kind of put their shit on the line you know for, like like robert rokeen like refinancing his house to pay his guys like that's amazing you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. i've uh got all respect in the world for those guys um i do wish there would have been like or still is whatever you know, like something that I could do to like provide some security for my for my dudes, you know, because we are so much like family, you know. Like, yeah. Um, and I do feel like, I do feel like, the guy that's like kind of looking over everybody, even though the chance the takers is like a all for one, one for all. Yeah, kind of, it's you know a brotherhood. I, mean? I still feel like kind of like the dude that's like got to make sure everybody's okay at the end of every day, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so it's been tough with the pandemic, you know, and like I. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's feeling well, better every day. You know, it's like, interesting it feels- now that you're able to get out and play again, mm-hmm. and then now that you can get up in front of crowds, you can have a kind of different perspective. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a new. Is that too? And say, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure what again. tomorrow's going to bring. Absolutely. So we're going to yeah. take take today. But also, like, we made it. You know what I'm saying? We made it oh, through this, and when this hit, I mean, I remember reading that New York Times article like right when this hit, and it was like kind of projecting about what could actually happen, and I mean that was pretty that was pretty damn shattering, and I think people forget about what that feeling was actually like, and um, maybe even take it for granted because I kind of didn't really know what the future was going to look like at all. And so just to even be able to be playing again and doing any of this, being able to sit here, the three of us like this, as close to each other yeah. on an island, I mean that's that's amazing, you know. And we don't have masks on. And I know. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. With I like, said that I softly because somebody would get mad at me. Oh, yeah. uh, sure. Well, man, I'm vaccinated now, so I'm, I'm not even worried yeah, about before it. The, uh, before the pandemic, you know, like, I was playing all the time, you know, with Chance Anderson Band and, you know, solo or whatever. Like, you know, I just played all the time, like, all over the place, you know, for a uh, better part of 10 years. And, like, it's just all that I've done. And so now, like, I can actually look back and, like, see, like, I, I took a lot of things opportunities you know for granted and my goals in doing this before this pandemic are so much different than they are now you know what i mean uh like now like i i can't wait to get back to some of those places i was playing and like probably like and i even hate to admit it but like a lot of places that i was going to and playing i was kind of like going through the motions you know because yeah. i didn't i didn't have the appreciation for that i do now you know like I never knew it was so fragile as it is. Yeah, That's a great word, same. fragile. Yeah. And that, that is true. And, it, and it's funny because when this whole thing started, and, well, you know, at the beginning they said it would be two weeks, and, you know, we're all right. going to shut down for two weeks. And, <laughs> yeah. and in my only. mind, I'm like going, you know, okay, so we can all take a two-week break. Mm-hmm. This is going to be good. We'll mm-hmm. step back. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised at some of the mental distraught. Yeah, I guess, for sure. the lack of a better word, that sure. happened through all those months when it just it never changed. Right. Um, and I was able to keep working. I can't imagine what it would be like 
knowing yeah. that you can't do what you've always done. Yeah. yeah. Um, what kind of thinking outside the box did you have to do to get you through that? That type of shit, just like Biking. riding a damn bike, you know? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was, you were kind of, you didn't really know what you were going to do. It's kind of just rolling with the punches and, and taking things a day at a time, honestly. Yeah. And I just feel lucky, but also confident, you know, that I uh, can bounce back. You know, there's a lot of mountains and valleys, there's a lot of ups and downs, but you just keep pushing. So it's all yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't pick up a bike, so. <laughs> I, uh, Did you pick up a guitar? I, I picked up the guitar a lot. Hell yeah. Did you do writing? I, I wrote a lot through the, the first, uh, you know, and I was writing a lot before the pandemic hit, you know, because I was getting this new band started and like I was motivated and I was, I was inspired and I was excited and like, so I was writing a lot before the pandemic and I wrote, you know, a lot through the first, you know, three or four months. But I didn't pick up a bike and I didn't, you know, like I, I, I live in a small town, you know, and uh, I. Uh, yeah, had, had a wife and a couple of kids, you know, like I said. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it was tough for me, you know, and like I I really stumbled a lot through like just trying to navigate my way through not having anything to do or, or much to look forward to. And, uh, you know, my life is 100% different now, you know, that we're coming out of this, but yeah, uh, we're all better for it, you know, and like yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know, like, Honestly, like looking back on the past year, like I, I can't even really, like, you know, put into words like what I went through, what I experienced, what I did to like cope or anything. But uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely glad that like I'm that we're on the uh, the downhill slide of it now, yeah. and uh, things are looking up again. And and, right. and I, I am a better person for it for sure. And I had to do a lot of self reflection, like looking myself in the mirror and and. Uh, you know, dealing with some things with myself that I've ignored for a long time. Well, and, and, and you know, when you, you have the kind of schedule that you talked about having, it's easy to kind of skate through those things right. and not have to take a deep well, look you, at you what you almost you're... kind of feel like you have to. You kind of feel trapped sometimes when you're uh, playing all the time and you have to just, you have to be on all the time, you know, and so you don't really, so that was kind of, if there was any kind of silver lining, I would say that was it. Was it, it just gave us all like a chance to really take a step back from everything. Do you think your shows are different now because oh, of that? Yeah, one thousand percent. Hell, of a lot more energy and uh, just a different perspective on it. Getting to play again, just just the just the act of getting to sit behind a damn. I mean, I can just speak playing drums, like getting to sit behind the kit. And I mean, it's it's we're all doing this together, you know. So us all producing this sound that are making people's heads nod in the audience. That's kind of the most important thing to the whole game, honestly. You know, that's that's the juice right there. That's why we do what we do. Well, and we love that you do what you do. Cause, well, thank you so much. Because it's, yeah. it's great. And like I said, we're going to have you up in Virginia. We'll have to get Nathan, Nathan to yeah. get on the ball yeah, and uh, have our mashed potato bar yes. dinner before you'll play. <laughs> Gosh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all have an I'm early down. flight and places yeah. to be. Thank you for taking these couple minutes thank and talking you. to me. Yeah. I am so, like I said, so proud of what you did. That's a thank you so big, much. big deal. And I hope everybody out there who has, you know, something in their heart that they want to do that's going to make a difference, that they get inspired to do it, even if it means they're going to hop on a bicycle and yeah, ride 176 miles in the heat sun, yeah. hot sun. Get out there and do it. Don't let yourself scare, scare yourself out of it. All right, great. Right. Whatever the hell you want. So thank you guys, and we will hopefully see you very, very soon. Thank you. Yeah, All right. Absolutely.
Thanks for hanging out with me. If today's episode struck a chord with you and you want to spread the love, please share using the hashtag Epic Living Podcast and leave a comment on my Facebook page. Head over to my website, epiclivingwithgene.com to learn more about what it means to live epic. And while you're there, download a free guide, Seven Ways to Start Living Epic, and it will help you take your first step. If you want to learn more about my Dream Manager program or just want to chat about what epic might look like in your life, reach out to me and let's set up a call. See you next time. I hope you go out and live epic today and every day. And remember, it's all about the story.